The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Lift it up high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Vandah, I will hear from God's word. And my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know what the Bible actually says about you when there is sickness around you? It says in Romans 8.11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit, the resurrection spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Watch what it says. Let me just read it. Let me read it in the New King James Bible, please. Uh, uh, This is awesome. It's talking about you as a New Testament believer. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Man, that's awesome. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is what I want you to picture. I want you to picture your body being the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost just giving life to your body. Amen? Just defeating every sickness, every ailment, every tumor that is in your body, every cell that does not cooperate with God's word. Amen? Man, we're living in a time where we need the supernatural power of God. We need to flow in the supernatural power of God every single day. You know, because we live in a crazy time. I was saying in the first service, uh, there's a scripture in Mark chapter number 16, verse 18. He's given uh, uh, promises to the New Testament believer, you and me. And one of the promises he gives is that if you drink any deadly poisonous thing, it shall by no means harm you. And I used to think, you know, I would have to apply that scripture one day when I go to a remote rural area where, you know, they will catch me for believing in Jesus and try to force me to confess otherwise. And when I refuse, they're going to down, you know, poison down my throat. No, this is talking about food you eat every single day. Man, that food is poison. (laughs) I'm sorry to say, I was just talking about chicken. and I like chicken. I was talking about chicken in the first service. Real chicken, organic chicken, takes at least six hours of boiling before you eat it. Not this soft one that we eat, that they inject for you to, you know. And I'm not saying don't eat it. All I'm saying is appropriate this scripture while you're eating it. That's all I'm saying. If I take any deadly poisonous thing, it shall not by any means harm me. Some of you like uh, uh, spring water. They found some people bottling spring, uh, bottled water from... From, from, uh, from tapes, from, you know, from taps, you know, Johannesburg water, you know, and man, in fact, they had a contaminated well uh, some time ago uh, where they were getting spring water from. It got contaminated and they still kept putting spring water in, in the bottles and sending it to the people. Listen, they will put your life on the line to give an extra buck to the shareholders at the end of the financial year. 
Hallelujah. So you best believe this scripture that says if you drink any deadly poisonous thing, it shall not by any means harm you. Because guess what? Every single day, we may be taking in a lot of poisonous stuff. Seedless grapes. Have you ever heard of? Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Where did the seeds go? <laughs> Let's go to Third John chapter number one, verse two. I'm just saying, man. I'm not saying don't eat them. I hope you hear what I'm saying. I like them. Some of them are really sweet and tasty. All I'm saying is, as you pop them in, say it will not harm me. Amen. If I eat any deadly poisonous, it's just not going to harm me. Because I like the softer, you know, juicy chicken. But they really inject it for it to get juicy and bigger. You know, I'm just saying, you need to appropriate this scripture in your every single day. Some of you like coffee, but you even need this scripture more than me. It says in 3 John 1 verse 2, Beloved, he's talking to you and me, I wish above how many? All things that you may prosper and be in, be in health. I like that. He didn't say and be healed. Because God's ultimate best for you, and my, for you and me is to be in health. When you get sick, definitely you need divine healing. But God's best for you is for you to not even get sick. So he says, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Also known as not even have a flu this winter. Man, that would be a good idea. Amen. Not even have a flu this winter. And you can believe God for for that because it's a promise in his word. He says, I wish above everything that you may be in health, even as thy soul prospers. That phrase, even as thy, is simply saying to the degree that your soul prospers or to the degree that you understand this or to the degree that you renew your mind to this. Amen? You have to know about it if you're going to grab a hold of it. Amen? The Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove or manifest what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The good and acceptable, perfect will of God concerning you is to be in divine health. Can I get an amen? amen? You know, I mean, sickness, I don't care who you are. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. It steals your time. It steals your finances. Amen. It steals your life. It, some of it steals your friendships and your relationships around you. Mm-hmm. Amen. I was talking to a couple uh, a few years ago, and they couldn't go on holiday for such a long time. And when we got down to the nitty-gritties of it, we found out that they were spending a lot of money. I think 50% of their earnings uh, to doctor's bills. I don't have a problem with doctors. I love doctors. We have a lot of doctors in this church. But guess what? They shouldn't be getting paid from you. should be getting paid from unbelievers. Amen. (laughs) They should get paid. I believe they should get paid. But they should be getting paid from unbelievers. You know why? Because you and I walk in divine health. That's God's perfect will for you and me. He wants us to walk in divine health. He even confirms it if you continue reading uh, 3 John 1 uh, verse 3. He says, For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, even as thou walkest in this truth. So he's saying, man, I even got excited when I heard that you were walking in this truth. What's that truth? That truth of prosperity? 
Not just financially and physically and spiritually going to heaven, but also physically in your body. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, man, we should get excited about walking in this divine health. We should get excited that Jesus paid for it. That you and I could walk in divine health. You know why? I love the, the medical world. And man, they've done so many things and God works with them in, 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 in helping us. But they also reach their end. And when they reach their end, what do we do? Man, we should always depend on Jesus. You know why? Because he never reaches his end. He's already healed you of all your diseases. Amen? And all your sicknesses. But you have to renew your mind to it. You have to start thinking this way. Amen? Amen. This is how you have to start thinking. All of the time that I walk and I live in divine health because Jesus paid for it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, It was... uh, uh, Catherine Kuhlman, who said these words, uh, she said that out of all the people, she's one of the greatest healing ministers of our time. She said out of all the people she prayed for, uh, only 15% retained their healing. The 85% lost it. And I used to wonder, how did they lose it? John G. Lake would always do this. Before he prays for you for healing, he would take you in through a school where you would literally learn about healing from 8 to 5 for about 21 days. And then they would only pray for you right at the end of 21 days when your mind is so renewed. When they lay hands on you to get healed, you get healed and watch this, you will not lose your healing. Because now you are walking as a renewed mind believer. Amen? And this is why it's critical for you to change the way you think concerning healing and divine health. You should shoot for divine health. Because guess what? When you shoot for divine health, it already covers divine healing. Can I get an amen? So this is a promise from God's word. Let us go to Psalm 103. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to have what I like to call true Bible faith. True Bible faith settles the issue because of the promise in God's word. Experiential faith only settles the issue because it has experienced it. You know, when you get to your electric gate and you pull out your remote and you press the button and the gate opens, you did that with faith, but it's not spiritual faith. It's not Bible faith. It's physical, natural faith. And that faith is shaken immediately the next time you press the button and the gate doesn't open. Because do you know what you do? You pick up the phone and call someone. Hey, I'm trying. It's not working. But guess what? True Bible faith, even if it looks in the physical like it's not working, guess what? It still stands and is established. You know why? Because it is established on God's promises. And not what we experience. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's go to Psalm 103. Man, I love it. This will radically change your life as it did mine and ours and our family. Man, we just love learning about health and what Jesus did for us when it comes to divine healing. It says in Psalm 103 from verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, how many? All of his benefits. He says you should remember all of his benefits. How many of you know that there are benefits to serving God? And he puts a dash dash. Is that what you call it? 
dash, dash. Now, I was going to say a semicolon if it was in the New King James Bible. But you see what he did with that verse? He didn't put a full stop. He didn't put a period. He put a what? Dash, dash. If it was in the New King James Bible, I'd say he put a semicolon. You know why? Because he's getting ready to list those benefits. Would you like to know those benefits? Not only am I going to inform you of these benefits, but this dude just said, the psalmist just said, don't ever forget them. Can you promise that you'll never forget them? Cross my heart. Cross my heart. Pastor, cross my heart. Watch what the first benefit is. Verse 3. Who forgives all thine iniquities. How many of you know that God has already forgiven you of all your sins? Amen. Past, present, and future. It's called eternal redemption. Some of you don't believe Jesus can forgive future sins, but uh, you don't do the math because you don't realize he, when he forgave you of your sins, it was 2,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got you. That was a future sin. Yeah. Uh, amen. I said amen. amen. So Jesus has already forgiven you of your sins. And don't ever get tripped up by your sins if you ever make a mistake. Again, this is not a blank check to living a sinful life. This is just a scriptural, but biblical reality that I'm forgiven. Someone shout, I am forgiven. I am. And watch what else he says. He says, who heals how many? All. How much is left out of all? Nothing. Is cancer a part of all? Yes. Is AIDS a part of all? Yes. He says he heals all thy diseases. Amen. 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 I said, amen. amen. These are one of, these are some of the two we get right at the top. And the prosperity starts kicking in if you keep reading. Uh, ch- uh, verse four, he talks about love and kindness. Let's go to verse four. Who redeems your life from destruction. He's talking about the salvation package. He redeemed you from going to hell. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And watch what else is a benefit in the kingdom of God. My personal favorite. Verse five. Who satisfies your mouth with good. I like eating. You can tell I like it. He satisfies your mouth with how much? Good things. And I always tell people, I don't come to a bride to eat to fill up. I come to satisfy and excite my taste buds. So it's, it better be good meat. And I went to a bride and they wanted to just bry it without marinade. And I said, no, we can't do that. He said, Pastor T, we will just put salt. I said, no, we can't do that. He satisfies my mouth with good things. It's got to be good. And what is he talking about? He's talking about prosperity. So that, watch this. Now, this is good. Remember Moses? Moses lived in this promise. He says, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. In other words, you won't just get old quickly. Just, ah. And we were, uh, Pastor Henry and myself, we went out to eat with uh, Pastor Mike. Uh, he's from Los Angeles, and he was showing us, you know, pictures of some of the guys he grew up with. Um, you remember? We went out for breakfast, and he said, man, these guys are wasted. And these guys are 35, 36. I mean, these dudes look 90, 99. <laughs> you remember? 99. You know why? Because the power of God, the life of God is not flowing through them. Let me tell you, the life of God will make you glow. Just knowing God will change something on your countenance. Amen. But the ones we want to stand on is verse 3. It says he forgives you of all your sins. So the sin thing is no longer an issue. Jesus 
took care of it on the cross. Some of you haven't been praying bold prayers. You know why? Because you don't realize you're righteous. The Bible says the righteous shall be as bold as lions. The only way you can be bold is when you realize your righteousness in Jesus. When you don't realize you're righteous in Jesus, you're not going to be bold. Amen? This is why this is so key for you to understand that I am forgiven of all my sins. In fact, these go hand in hand so much so that when Jesus was getting ready to reheal the cripple, he was just messing around with the people around. He said, which one is easy? To say your sins have been forgiven? Because on this one, he didn't heal the cripple by saying, be healed. He healed the cripple by saying, your sins have been forgiven. And it tripped them up because they didn't realize it was in the same sentence, in the same covenant, by the same body and the same blood. It's a part of the same game. When I get forgiven, watch this, I also get healed and I also get prospered. Watch this, in the same sentence. So I can pick whichever one and get whichever one because they're all equal and Jesus paid for them the same. Jesus said, which one is easy? I can, I can use the other one and, and the other one and still get to the same place. Because salvation actually includes your prosperity. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That word salvation includes your prosperity. It includes redeemed from destruction. It includes your healing. It includes, you know, being redeemed from not going to hell and all of the above. Mm-hmm. Just in the word salvation. Amen? Amen. So he says, being Forgiven and also being healed of all your diseases. But here's what's key. He says, forget not. Because the big problem in the church is we forget the benefits. It is as a man who is sitting in a prison, not in a real prison, but in a bail prison. And, uh, you know, someone put down everything that they have to get you out. They put down their house because that's what God did. He, He put everything on the line to get you set free. To get you healed. He put everything on the line. He put his one and only. He didn't have a second plan. He put his one and only begotten son on the line so that you could be healed. Amen? He put everything that he had in the bank. It is as a man who puts their house down. They put their car. They take everything that they have in the bank. And they come. They pay for you to be set free on bail. And you just so happen to forget. Man, that would be tragic. So here the psalmist says, forget not. Forget not his benefits. And this is why my job is to remind you of the benefits of being in the kingdom of God. Amen? And one of them is to know that I am healed and I can live my life in divine health. Amen? Man, I love it. And if you go with me to 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse 12, it gets even better. 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse 12, he's still talking about Uh, how we can keep our minds constantly renewed and cure this disease that has so much plagued the church called forgetfulness. (laughs) And he says, therefore, I will not be negligent. He calls it negligent. You know negligent driving? That's what the Apostle Paul calls it, Apostle Peter calls it here when we don't do this. He says, I will not be negligent to put you, how many times? always in remembrance. So you know what that means? That means every time we meet, I should be reminding you that Jesus forgave you of all your sins, but not only that, he's prospered you. Not only that, he's also healed you of all your diseases. How much? All the time. I should be reminding you of these truths 
of what Jesus has already paid for. I will put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. Some of them, you already know them. And he says, I already know you know them, but I will still remind you. Amen. I will still remind you and put you in remembrance, though you know them and are strengthened in the present truth. I mean, these people were way advanced. But still, the Apostle Paul wanted them to be reminded that Jesus is, has paid for their healing, that Jesus has paid for their dizzy, uh, 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 sins, Jesus has paid for their prosperity. You see, and, and we don't do these things in our own strength. We do it because of Jesus, because of what Jesus paid on the cross. Can I get an amen? amen. Watch what he says in verse 13. Yeah, I think it meet, you know, or I think it necessary as long as I am in this tabernacle or as long as I'm in this body to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. He says when we remind you, that should stir you up. That should get you excited to get healed. Amen. Now watch what Jesus did. He left us with a permanent reminder. First Corinthians 11 verse 23 to 26. First Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. Can I read it in the Message Bible, uh, uh, engineer? 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. This is uh, the Apostle Paul writing, and he says, let me go over with you again. You see that word again? You know why? Because he's reminding you and me. Amen? He says, let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the Master himself and passed them on to you. The master Jesus on the night of his betrayal took bread, having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this to what? To remember? He says, do this to remember me. He's saying, do this to remember Jesus on the cross. He's saying, do this to remember what Jesus has already paid for. So communion is just not a ritual. I remember having a fight with my uh, older siblings, and I think I may have had a fight with my mom as well around communion because, you know, when I was young, I didn't know what it was, and uh, we went out to the church, and, I mean, we would go for services, sometimes four hours a pop, you know, just straight four hours, and uh, my mom would give us a rule, you know, none of my children leave before the church is finished, and uh, I used to say, you can say that because you guys get food. She said, what do you mean we get food? I said, I see you all the time going to the altar and you get food. She says, what are you talking about? I said, I see you getting food. You get that bread and the wine. You get food. We never get anything. Because I thought it was food. And some people in the, in the Christian world think it's just a ritual. No, it's not. It's a spiritual reminder. When you take that bread and you take that cup, you know what you're supposed to remember? Jesus on the cross. It's not just something you do periodically. When you get that cup and you drink it, you should see all your sins washed away. You should not be left with not a single drip of guilt or inferiority. Amen? When you take that bread, man, you should receive your healing. You should have a revelation of what Jesus paid for when he was on the cross. The Bible says he got 39 stripes on his back. In fact, if you read Isaiah 52, verse 14, it says his body was marred beyond that of a human. 
between the noon and 3 p.m., the, the Bible says there was darkness covering the whole earth. And all of the sicknesses, all of the curse, all of the sins of the world went into his body. And Isaiah 52 verse 14 says his visage or his face was marred beyond that of a human. Because all the tumors that would plague the world, all of the deformities, all of the uh, 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 craziness and sicknesses and disease that would plague the world went into his body. And while he was on the body, he cried out with a loud voice, it is Finished in the Greek tetelestai, which means paid in full. And Jesus said it was paid in full. Man, that's awesome to know that Jesus paid it in full. And that everything that's tormenting you right now in your body went into his body. And when we remind ourselves during communion, we must remind ourselves when we take the blood. It says in... Uh, 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 continuing in verse 25 of the Message Bible, after supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This is my cup, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. He says, man, every time when we take communion, remember Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. We're back to 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three to 26 in the Message Bible. He says, what you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and your actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. You must never, someone say you must never. First Corinthians 11, uh, uh, Chris, 26 now, a uh, message Bible. He says you must never let familiarity breed contempt. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. He says you mustn't do it so much so that you lose the significance of it. Because mm. the only one who's going to lose out of it is you. Yeah. Man, every time we take communion, I remind myself of these truths and of these realities that Jesus uh, paid for us on the cross. And it is a reminder, a spiritual, scriptural reminder. Let's go to John chapter number 3, uh, verse 14. Man, this is good. Amen. This is good. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, he was wounded. His body was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. With Jesus' stripes, we are healed. And man, this morning, I want this to be a reality to you. Man, sickness and disease are never to be a part of you. Amen. Because Jesus paid for it. John 3, from verse 14 to 16. This is Jesus making a commentary of what happened in Numbers 21. You remember the story? The snakes came into the camp of the children of Israel and started biting people. There were so many snakes around just biting people. And Moses got an instruction from the Lord. And the Lord said, I want you to make a brazen serpent and lift it up. And everyone who gets beaten, if they look up to the brazen serpent, they're immediately going to get healed. They will leave. And here's what's interesting about that whole thing is that some people didn't look. How hard is looking? Someone would just not look. And they died. Because he said anybody that looked, lived. Which means those that didn't, did not leave. 
they died. Amen? The instruction was simple. When you get beaten, you look up to the brazen serpent and you're going to get healed. And I used to wonder why you used the brazen serpent. Jesus is not a serpent, but what he's saying is he became the very thing that was tormenting you so that he could set you free from it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin so that you through that might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in this instance, Jesus became a brazen serpent. He became the very thing that was tormenting them. And now when they looked at Jesus, they could be healed of the snake bites. Man, that's awesome. That's a good plan from God. He's saying every time you look at the cross, you are going to get healed. And I was thinking about it. See, because I'm from the street. And I'm always looking for a quicker way to do stuff. And I was sitting there thinking, you know what? Jesus is saying, or the instruction Moses gave them was, you get beaten, you look up, you get healed. You get beaten, you look up, you get healed. You know what would be better? Just stay looking up. See, you didn't think about it. (laughs) Because if I stay looking up, when I get beaten the next time, it's not going to have an effect on my body. Because guess what? The looking up neutralizes the biting. When you stay or live a life that is constantly looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, looking unto the cross and what he finished on the cross, it does not matter what's going on around you. It's already neutralized. This is why John G. Lake could say every germ and every virus that touches my body dies instantly in Jesus' name. He knew something. There is a better way than to wait until you get beaten to look up. Stay looking up and you neutralize whatever biting that comes. Someone shout every germ and every virus that touches my body dies instantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Not because your name starts with a T. Tafara. That would be foolish. Because Jesus paid for it. And I'm looking unto Jesus. And if I stay looking up, guess what? I'm going to be good. In fact, that's the definition of ministry. You know what ministry is? It's to just get people to look at Jesus. And I've had people come to me on Facebook, you know. I need to address people on Facebook sometimes. I never really address them anymore because I found out, you know what, we'll never agree on some stuff. So you know what I do now? I just delete and block. (laughs) Just delete and block, you know what? Because we'll never agree on some stuff, so I delete you and I block you. And then I move on with life. And I saw, you know, it's a really cool thing. But people were taking it to task because I don't wear suits to church. So they're saying, yeah, pastor, the message is good, but... You know, you must dress better. And I'm saying, you know what? Do you know whose image? And I said, you know, do you know whose image we should be working on in people's minds? It's not the pastor's image. You see how we've messed it up? Jesus never said, whoever looks at the image of Moses will get healed. Listen, I could wear all the suits I want. It's not going to heal you. I hope that sets you free. The next time I show up in a vest. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, my image is not going to heal you. You know whose image is going to heal you? 
Jesus' image. So ministry is trying to get you to walk around with an image of the cross all the time. That's what ministry is about. Worship night last night, you know what it was about? One thing, Jesus. And this is why we carefully select the songs that point people to the cross and to look at the finished work of the cross. We're not just going to sing anything. Do you know that even with the children of Israel, God had to prescribe the song to sing? King Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel, they were going to face uh, uh, the toughest battles of their lives. And as they were going, God gave them an instruction. And he said, I want you to put the uh, choir in front of... I would have loved that. Just Marshall and the band, you guys go to the front. <laughs> put the choir in the front of the band, and everyone else follows the choir. And here's what was so cool about it. He said, but this is, these are the lyrics of the song I want you to sing. You know why? Because people get, go crazy. Yeah. Someone would have started a song about what they're going through. Nobody knows, <laughs> Nobody knows the trouble that we <laughs> Someone would have started a really nice song with a nice tune. Today we're going to perish. Today we're going to... And God said, no, I don't want you to sing that. You know what the Lord said to them? The Lord said, I want you to say these words. The Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. And they said, when we finish that, what else should we say? Say, sing the same song. The Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Our Lord will sing the same song until it starts making sense to you. That the Lord is good. What is he doing? He's taking away their focus from what they are going through from their enemy to the Lord. And the goodness and the power of God. And his mercies which endure forever. And that's what we need to do. Just focus on the cross. He says, whoever looks at the brazen serpent will live. And this is what it says in John 3 verse 14. He says, and as Moses was lifted up, the serpent in the wilderness. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Who is he talking about? Jesus. He's saying the same way Moses lifted up the serpent, the Son of Man is going to be lifted up on the cross. Man, this is awesome. So that you can put an S-O between verse 14 and 15, just, you know, so it can become clearer. So that whoever, I like that, whoever, anybody is welcome to get healed. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Because, someone say because. <laughs> That's what he says in verse 16. It starts with the word F-O. You know, the fir- famous verse 16. It starts with the word because. Because of what we talked about. Because of Jesus going to the cross. Because he who believes. Now we can read verse 16. Because God did it out of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. You see that bond money we were talking about? Bail money? He gave his one and only, he gave everything. Man, people don't realize God gave. They think God had a second born, third born, and he just took out of a thousand kids. No, God gave everything. His one and only begotten son. Amen. That whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish. perish. You don't need to perish. Amen. But they should have what? Everlasting, Everlasting life. Man, I'm telling you, when the biting starts going, the temptation is to look at the bite. There's going to be a huge temptation. When the snakes are around, they're biting you everywhere. And the pastor is saying, look up. The temptation is, ah, 
Look at this one. It's swelling up. Oh, it even has pus coming out. I think I may get amputated. (laughs) The temptation is going to be to look at the biting. But he says, don't look at the biting. Look at the cross. And I'm telling you, whoever looks at the cross, what happens? They leave. And whoever looks at the snakes, in fact, it's interesting that he uses a snake as an analogy for sickness. And I believe that's how we should treat it. Sickness is a snake. What would you do if a snake came into your lounge? In fact, let me rephrase that. How many of you would learn to live around the snake? You go and tell the kids, guys, there's a snake in the lounge. So from today onwards, we'll just go to the kitchen. We'll just go to the bedroom. And no one ever goes to the lounge because this snake. How many of you would do that? None of you would make adjustments to live. Same way you shouldn't make adjustments with your monthly sicknesses. You know those monthly migraines. You know, you don't have to make adjustments. Kill that thing. Yeah, that's good. Amen. That's what it is. Man, you almost have to have an, a, a, a holy uh, uh, anger, indignation against sickness. You, you know, Johan was saying the same way we love righteousness, we must hate unrighteousness. The same way we love uh, salvation, we must have a hatred for sickness. Because sickness robs people. It steals, it kills and it, it, it destroys. Amen. 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 I said amen. We have seen many, many, many victories uh, in our ministry, but we've also seen some losses that get me angry. Yeah. Because that's what sickness does. Shouldn't be tolerated. Some of you have learned to live with a monthly migraine. Oh, that's just, that's my, that's my, you know, growing up, I think almost everyone, this is my sugar. Everyone around me, they had sugar. <laughs> I never understood what that was. You know what sugar is? Diabetes. Almost everyone around me, this is my diabetes. They, they would claim it. And some people would say, this is my blood pressure. This one, this one is my blood pressure. My, 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 my. No, this is my cross. This is my salvation. This is my healing. That's what you should be claiming. Amen. This is my healing. That's what we should be claiming yeah. as we walk in this divine earth. I'm not going to say the biting is going to stop. I wish I could say that. <laughs> yeah. But what I can guarantee you is if you look up, you'll live. Yeah. And that's awesome. You, we can't guarantee the snakes are not biting. But we can guarantee that when you look at Jesus at the cross, you will get healed. Amen? Amen. Because Jesus paid it in blood Amen. for your healing. Amen. And today, we're going to pray for you. I really am excited. You heard all these testimonies of God healing cancer. Jesus will heal any sickness and any disease. Amen. 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 He will heal you of any sickness, of any disease. Uh, Cliff came to my office the other day. He said, God healed me of my eyes. And he, he, he doesn't need to wear any glasses anymore. I used to actually like wearing glasses because of the swag. If you are like that, man, keep wearing them. We don't have a problem with that. Because I, I, my wife would tell you, I went and I went to the optician and I said, you know what? Can I have a pair of glasses? They said, do you have short or long? I said, I don't have any of that. They said, so what do you want them for? I said, for swag. 
And in fact, when we met, she thought I wore glasses because I had my swag, horrific glasses on. And, you know, some of these lenses, but I'm there, they, woo, they will make you feel like you wore glasses. But guess what? He got healed and he praised God for that. Amen. Amen. And you can get healed. I don't know. I don't care what it is. Jesus paid for it on the cross. And when we can, if we can get you to look up to the brazen serpent, if we can get you to look up to the cross, all we need to do, some of you, we're going to have to force you. Just grab your head and... <clears throat> so you can look up. And we know you will leave. Amen? Amen? This is what ministry is about. Life group. When you go to life group, we're just trying to get you to look up. <clears throat> It's called Christocentric ministry. It's just pointing people to what Jesus did and paid for on the cross. Can I close with this? Never ever put your confidence and trust in what man can do for you. Because men are limited. Including pastors, including doctors, including politicians, including bankers. They can only go so far. Including, you know, your job. But if you put your confidence and trust in Jesus, watch this. There is absolutely nothing he cannot do. Jesus will heal your heart. Some of you are dealing with issues that are not physical, but it's just emotional issues. You feel emotionally drained. You feel emotionally tired. And Jesus will heal your heart so you can learn to love again. I'm just saying this prophetically. He will heal your heart so you can learn to trust again. Amen? So you can expect the best from God. And that's God's best for you. The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv.